Welcome to morning prayer at Trinity Parish. We're glad you've joined us this morning for this virtual worship experience during this time of the coronavirus crisis. Although we cannot be together at this time and we cannot share in Holy Communion, it is an opportunity for us now to lift our voices in song and praise and we invite you to join along with us in that. You might see a copy of our bulletin that has been emailed to you if you're a member of Trinity. If not, please just join along with us. There'll be some familiar hymns that you'll know and can also join in the singing. At this time, uh, we invite you to join us as we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth and in the beauty of holiness. Thank you for being with us. No. Oh, <laughs> 
Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most, Most merciful God, God we, confess we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy upon you, forgive you all your sins, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and then our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory, Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the, Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Come, let us adore him. Oh, 
A reading from the first book of Samuel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shema pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. The Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. The Word of the Lord.
A reading from the Epistle to the Ephesians. Once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the Gospel of John. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on this man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought the Pharisees, the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes. Then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So, for the second time, they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. 
We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, He is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, We see, your sin remains. The word of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Welcome to this fourth Sunday in Lent, a day we also refer to as Litare Sunday. It's from a Latin word that means to rejoice. You might wonder today, though, what we could possibly have to rejoice about. What we're going through feels more like a wilderness experience to most of us with the increasing isolation and distance from one another during this global pandemic. But that word comes from the first word of the introit. The introit, or the opening piece of music in the traditional Latin rite for this Sunday, which is the midpoint in the season of Lent. The words of the introit say, Rejoice, O Jerusalem, and come together, that you that love her rejoice with joy, you that have been in sorrow, that you may exult and be filled from the breasts of your consolation. I rejoiced when they said to me, we shall go into God's house. These were words spoken in the context of exile, as people looked toward the day when they would return to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. They were words of hope and consolation, not so much for what was, but for what shall be. Easter is now in sight, And although we are unlikely to be together physically for Easter this year, we can still rejoice that the spirit of resurrection abides in us and will carry us into a new day. We maintain hope, and we rejoice in that hope, even as through the wilderness we go. In today's reading from the Gospel of John, we see a man who was born blind, And this rather long story is the occasion for a question that arose then and still arises today. And that question is, who sinned? What could possibly have caused this man to be born this way? Was it he who sinned? His parents? 
The question comes up in different forms, like, why has the coronavirus been visited upon us? Who sinned? Who is being punished? But Jesus, as, as he so often does, shifts the ground beneath their question and says to them, neither he nor his parents sinned. He was born this way so that the works of God could be made manifest. Then Jesus takes some mud, mixes it with saliva, and spreads it on the man's eyes, and he is healed. Now, do not try this in the age of COVID-19. I suppose everything is contextual. But the story continues at length until it is clear that what is being talked about is not so much the healing of physical or optical blindness, but spiritual blindness. The whole episode is to show the works of God in the person of Jesus. The deliriously happy man who has been healed of his blindness is unable to fend off all the questions about what had happened and who Jesus really is. And he finally just throws up his hands and says, all I can tell you is this, that once I was blind and now I can see. Now those words are part of the canon of 18th and 19th century English evangelicalism come down to us in the John Newton hymn that we'll sing at the end of today's service. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. John Newton's personal story is well known, but it's worth retelling today as we think about the meaning of spiritual blindness in this time of crisis. Newton left school at the age of 11 to work on a merchant ship. He lived a hard scrabble life. It was hard out there on the seas and he faced danger and death on many occasions. He was a notoriously profane man even by the standards of 18th century sailors. And he had openly rejected any notion of faith in God. In the middle of one particularly frightening storm in 1748, he was desperate beyond imagination. And he found himself uttering the simple prayer, Lord, have mercy upon us. Well, they survived the storm, and it was an experience that he would think about and reflect upon ever thereafter. But this was no instant conversion story. Newton went on to become a captain himself, the captain of a slave ship. We can barely imagine the misery and the degradation that he not only witnessed, but was a party to in this enterprise. Newton made several voyages in the slave trade until at the age of 30, he returned to England and he never sailed again. Instead, he would begin his studies in theology and was eventually ordained a priest in the Church of England. <clears throat> Along the way, his eyes were opened and he came to terms with the deep spiritual blindness that had led him into the slave trade. He began to see with new eyes and his life was changed. This conversion would become the subject of those lines that he wrote in his now famous hymn, and his newfound sight would lead him to work tirelessly for the abolition of slavery. John Newton had a powerful influence on a young British politician named William Wilberforce, who would sponsor the bill in Parliament that finally made the slave trade illegal in England in 1801. 
And this was a pivotal moment in the long and slow process of healing a deep, deep spiritual blindness that had afflicted Europe and the Americas. The disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind? One modern interpretation of this passage has Jesus responding with these words. You're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There is no such cause effect here. Look instead for what God can do. It's so easy to look for someone to blame, isn't it? Why not blame our coronavirus outbreak on China or on political opponents or some other convenient scapegoat? Perhaps we should be asking God instead what God might want to do in us through this experience. After Jesus heals the man, there is a great deal of confusion about what had happened. The religious authorities could not explain it. His parents could not explain it. The blind man himself was left to say, look, all I know is that once I was blind and now I see. None of the conventional explanations worked anymore. In the end, not only did the blind man see, but everyone present had their eyes opened to a new spiritual reality. Everyone except those who were so sure of themselves and who persisted in their need to place blame. In the end, the only ones whose sin remained, in Jesus' words, were those who were so sure of themselves that they refused to see things any differently. Spiritual blindness, indeed, being so sure of ourselves that we fail to see what God sees. You know, we just don't see what we don't see, and that's as true for spiritual blindness as it is for physical blindness. We all have our blind spots. But for us to be cured of our spiritual blindness, we have to be willing to see things differently than we now see them. So often it is the things we're most certain about that are a key to the places where we are most vulnerable to spiritual blindness. And our own certainty can keep us from being open to another way of seeing. On Ash Wednesday, as we began this season of Lent, we, prepared, we prayed in the litany of penitence that we might be forgiven for our blindness to human need and suffering. But if we believe that people are usually in need and are suffering because there's, they did something that they did to deserve it, because they made bad decisions or were lazy or some other reason, we just might find it really hard to actually see the need and the suffering or the underlying causes of their situation. And if we really don't see it, we may never really know the truth. Fifty-two years ago, this coming April 4th, just a little over a week away, the world's eyes were opened again to the deep wound of racism in our society when, when the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in Memphis. That event shined a bright light on a deep darkness in the soul of this country, and one with which we are sadly still coming to terms, and one that is indicative of our blindness to human need and suffering. We'll remember his life and his death next Sunday in our annual observance of Martin Luther King Day, and our preacher will be your fellow parishioner, Joan Thomas. Paul wrote to the Ephesians how he wished that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I love that idea 
that idea of the eyes of the heart, the idea that our heart, the seat of our deepest feelings and emotions, can be the place from which we most truly see. The eyes of John Newton's heart were opened to see the humanity and the suffering people he had treated as commodities to be hauled in the hull of his ship. He began to, he began to see Christ in himself of all people, this rough-hewn specimen of an 18th century seafarer. And he began to see the suffering of Christ in the faces of the slaves he had bought and sold. The eyes of his heart were opened, and he would never be the same. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. The horrors of slavery finally came to an end, and there was rejoicing. The civil rights movement eventually passed voting rights and the end of Jim Crow, and there was rejoicing. We now find ourselves in the midst of a global pandemic, and yes, it can be terrifying, but we will come through on the other side, not without some suffering, but hopefully with the healing of our spiritual blindness, able to see things that we cannot now see, and to understand what we do not now understand. And yes, there will be rejoicing, just as those who returned from a great exile rejoiced to once again see their home and return to their temple. May it be so for us, too. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let, Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. For only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care. And guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth. Your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world. 
Evermore give us this bread, that he may live in us and we in him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Keep us, good Lord, under the shadow of your mercy in this time of uncertainty and distress. Sustain and support the anxious and fearful, and lift up all who are brought low, that we may rejoice in your comfort, knowing that nothing can separate us from your love. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Gracious God, give skill, sympathy, and resilience to all who are caring for the sick, and your wisdom to those searching for a cure. Strengthen them with your spirit, that through their work many will be restored to health, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. this time I invite your intercessions and thanksgivings, either silently or aloud, during the silences. Today we offer our prayers especially for those on our parish prayer list, remembering Frank, Tom, Jean, Marion, Mary Grace, Ben, Carol, Lynn, Jean Ann, Al, Robin, and Don, and others whom you name this time, silently or aloud. Let us remember before God the leaders of the nations of the world, for our own president, for the governor of our state, and for the mayor of our city. In this time of great difficulty and challenge, we pray that you guide them by your wisdom and your grace.
Let us remember before God all who are affected by the coronavirus and those who care for them, those who work in hospitals or in nursing homes. We pray also for all who are lonely and isolated at this time and for other needs that are on our hearts at this time. And I invite your thanksgivings for the blessings of our lives that you may name at this time in the silence of your hearts or by voice. We give thanks for the Trinity community for all the many ways we care for one another and pray for your guidance to us all in this time. Now let us join together in the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all who have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Let us join together in the prayer of St. Chrysostom. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh. No.